Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. From the Rams, 31. Shotgun snap to Brady. Dropping back. Lobs a throw for Gronkowski. Left side. Makes the catch. Over two defenders. Tumbling to the two. First and goal to go. I just told you they're going to bleed him. He's going to dink. He's going to dunk you. He's going to set you up. The Rams, they can't line up. Brady sees it. And it's a 29-yard strike to the big boy. His favorite tight end. The all-world tight end. What a catch. All right, we have a big show coming up today. A lot to get to. Freddie Kitchens, Sean McDermott, Ian Rappaport. But first, we have to share the biggest news in the league right now. Rob Gronkowski is calling it a career. He did it on Instagram. It read like this. It all started at 20 years old on stage at the NFL Draft when my dream came true. And now here I am about to turn 30 in a few months with a decision I feel is the biggest of my life so far. I will be retiring from the game of football today. Nine seasons. Greg Rosenthal, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler. Record after record. Super Bowl titles. An absolute Hall of Famer, Rob Gronkowski. And it ends before he turns 30, Greg. As a Patriots fan, how you feeling? I'm selfish, but I love seeing him go out on top. And I and I understand that there's different ways to look at these kind of moments, but Gronk is such a singular, dominant force, maybe the most dominant tight end of all time, the most dominant tight end I've ever seen. And as a fan, I love that his last catch in, in his career won the Super Bowl. It was such a Gronk physical catch in the game before that it was a vintage Gronk performance bodying up some little cornerbacks against the Chiefs to go win an AFC championship game on the road and he's a guy I didn't want to see his decline I didn't want to see more back injuries and him become more of a blocker I think it's cool because he's just in an upper tier uh, great player to go out in that style it hurts the 2019 Patriots but that's not the point. Like, this is how I want to remember Gronk. I remember writing a couple of pieces like five years ago. <coughs> One, that he was pieced together by the football gods. You needed like a cornerback's ball skills, a safety's athleticism, and a linebacker's size and physicality to stop to have any prayer of stopping him one-on-one. He's just, I agree with Greg, the most dominant tight end I've ever seen, the best tight end I've ever seen all around as a blocker. I think what I remember the most about him are his hands and the way mid stride a guy who was six foot six, two hundred and seventy pounds, could bend down, pluck a ball off the turf, mm. keep his balance and keep running. We forget because he was slowed down last year, but this guy at the height of his powers was not only the best red zone monster in the league, but the best run after the catch monster in the league before he lost that speed. I mean you can look back at the tight end position at Kellen Winslow Sr., guys like Ozzie Newsome. But forget all that because Gronk completely evolutionized and changed the position in a way that no other player at the tight end spot ever 
has or probably ever will again. And the one thing I think about him too is the incredible uh, resilience to come back from all the injuries and he to had. to come back as an improved version of himself. Absolutely. And like I, I, I'm with Greg that like I could see why Patriots fans would have wanted one more year. Right, uh, and right. I did, of course, too. I have mixed but feelings. This, but this poetic end versus having to go out after the Patriots lost one of those Super Bowls, that you go out for him. for He, he was knocked down the stretch of this season for not being the same guy and to, win, to help them win the Super Bowl the way that he did. It's the perfect end to a career that completely altered football. Or, you know, to go out on injured reserve. Or, yes, before that, the, the final two games where he kind of became a part of that offense again. He had disappeared right. for stretches. So I think it's it's a decision that is both probably smart from a physical standpoint because he took a beating over the years, the arm, the knee, the back, and, and all that. Uh, but the writing was a little bit on the wall that he was getting older and was advancing in age faster than maybe he would have liked. Uh, and I think ultimately what you're saying is absolutely right. He was He made a decision. Like, I'm a guy that – I look at my career and my life, it's not just going to be football. I think he definitely has an eye on something in the entertainment industry. He'll be living in the Hollywood Hills like four weeks from now. I think this is, I think, one part of his career ends, and I think he has a whole team of people that have been building this Gronk brand. And he decided he didn't need another year of bumps and bruises, and if he gets to go out on top holding a Lombardi, even better. He, He was the secret sauce. He, you know, I, I hate what – I've li- heard some talk that he's not a lock Hall of Famer, and we don't even need to get into that now because that's, well, that's just Come stupid. On. Who would but, say that? But even in the arguments of, like, who's the greatest tight end, I, that, that I understand can totally be an argument. But, but to me, I will take those nine years of dominance. I will take when he's at his best. There's no doubt he was better than Tony Gonzalez. And I even think than Shannon Sharp. And, and you can go back to guys that I didn't watch you know, at the time, like Kellen Winslow or something. Because of the blocking, because of the way he just changed offenses. We, we were talking earlier today, Wes. The, the Patriots never had an outside receiver. But the second they drafted Gronk, they were the best offense in the league. No, it's not just the Patriots have had this stretch. No offense has ever had a nine-year stretch like the Patriots' offense has had since they drafted Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, which was a big part of that at the time in the two tight ends. But Gronk was obviously the main part, the, the enduring part. And to me, along with Brady, of course, like he is the reason those offenses were so great. They weren't as consistent before he arrived. Well, it's, I mean, we cha- he changed the way that offenses operate and the way that you would want to draft the tight end. But he also changed defenses because teams had to figure out suddenly how to stop this ultra-sized, incredibly athletic giant. I remember the other article I wrote back about five years ago was Tom Brady's numbers with Rob Rob Gronkowski on the field were basically Aaron Rodgers elite, and his numbers without Rob Gronkowski on the field made him Andy Dalton. Yeah, I like the sound of at that. The time. That's a pretty drastic drop off <laughs> just from one guy not being. And on the think, field. I mean, you think about it. He is the quarterback is turning what forty two in August, mm-hmm. and they're the reigning Super Bowl champions. So it is what it is. They'll probably still be in the mix next year, but you cannot throw it out. You have to look at what's happening now. That Brady, despite all his greatness, definitely showed signs of decline last year. He's another year older, and now Gronk's gone. If the a- the AFC has not <laughs> been this wide open, sure. Ever. And I think this is it is the end of an era, I think, for the Patriots and the end of the era for the AFC because Brady and Gronk dominated uh, on a QB to tight end level like nothing we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, this era should have been ending many different times, but this sort of marks the the official beginning of, you know, the the key people leaving and and Gronk is at a much lower level than Brady, but he's the he's the key one after Brady uh, and Belichick. And they had an issue with receiving talent before this. You know, they were going to talk later in the show about Jared Cook. Didn't get him signed. They wanted Adam Humphreys. Didn't get him signed. All they have to catch a football right now is Julian Edelman and Philip Dorsett and a whole lot of nothing. Bruce Ellington. Uh, you know, Matt Lacoste at tight end. A whole lot of nothing. So they're a team that can figure things out. Uh, moving forward in the offseason, they can trade. There will be the draft. It's, the offseason's not over, but they have a, a lack of weapons right now. It, it, the timing of it was uh, difficult. I don't think the Patriots necessarily knew his decision until it happened. Uh, they get to more cap room, but they might have run things a little different. That's unfortunate for them. You know, uh, you're Gronk. You can do what you want to do. End of an era, Greggy. 
And it was a beautiful god era. Thank you, Gronk, for coming into all of our lives. Thank you for all that right. back surgery. Your last year at Arizona, no one wanted to take him. I remember he hobbled up to the combine podium back in 2000. 10, Ten was it? And yeah. the people were like, this guy's good, but he might not last a year or two in the NFL. That was kind of the talk. They took the chance, and, man, he changed them. All right. There you go. Well, this is not the last time we're going to talk about Gronk this week, I'm sure. But uh, that's it for right now. We have an amazing show coming up. Like I said, Freddie Kitchens, Ian Rappaport, Sean McDermott, and other headlines around the league. Here we are at the Biltmore in Arizona. Let's get to the rest of the show. It's loose on one Tito's and Soda. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a conference room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wesley, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Somebody got a little loose on something other than Tito's yesterday. You know, here we are at the Arizona Biltmore uh, at the owners' meetings, and yes, I... Greg and I spent a nice day together by the pool. Nice little summery was, had date. Had a nice little yeah. moment, <laughs> you know, and uh, drank some of the uh, margaritas that they offer. And then Steve Weish and his lovely wife, Dee, invited us up to their balcony for a little wine mixer party. And there was something about the ultraviolet rays and drinking for, like, multiple hours straight. I had... The old Zeus are out to take a break. I mean, I got a photo from an, an unnamed source midway through this jaunt Brassy. that you were on, and you looked like a hijack victim. So I <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sun's a powerful thing. But if we want to, I mean, I Is have some photos. Is this the first time you've ever been on vacation or <laughs> drinking in the sun? You know, it's interesting. Like, I really think, because I don't do. I mean, you're married. You had a honeymoon or whatever, right? It was a long time ago. But I, I imagine laying in the sun drinking, I, I got, you know, well lubricated then as well. Um, so it was a nice learning lesson. I recovered, made it out, out for dinner. Nice recovery. Yeah. I like that Ian's just now part of the show. The listener must be like, wait a second, was that Ian Rappaport's voice? We should mention who this voice is. Didn't yeah. even get introduced. All right. Must I, be really hung over. I will introduce him. He is um, drunk. the drunk. NFL media insider. Um, he hosts a podcast called Rap Sheet Has Friends. Ian Rappaport. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Definitely not the name of the podcast. It's close. Sounds it's like, like yeah, it's like it, Rap Sheet has friends, that, but not close enough where we would put their name in the title. I mean, I could put their name in the title. I'm not going to, but I, they're good friends, and theoretically, if I was a better person, I would put Are they annoyed the by that sort of low-level uh, bro- you know, broadcasting of who they are? I mean, they only, they only bring it up like every other show, okay. so <laughs> I don't think they're that annoyed. Ian is nice enough to join us. He just got off an airplane and um, from New York, and also... A bit of a flex slash humble brag posted on Instagram a photo with his family celebrating a new five-year pact Ho! with NFL media to remain the insider, or at least employed. Did they make any promises that you'll stay in this top post? Do you, do you have assurances? Um, I'm assured via my performance that it will continue. Mm. All right, all right. And now what we're going to do with this part of the show, we're going to compare salaries. Mark Cecil reverses Ian Rappaport. <laughs> Mark, you go first. Uh, making a little bit more than like $30,000 a year. Have a side job as a librarian. Mm. Any, any a truth job. to the rumor, rap sheet? You know, Garofolo breaks that Beckham news. You start feeling the heat a little bit, and then you put the pen to paper and get that contract signed. <laughs> the timing's interesting. Uh, I would say the deal was already uh, agreed in principle <laughs> by that point. That said, I was very happy for my friend Mike to break that massive story. You know what um, he compared it to? We got lunch and we bumped into him. <laughs> he compared oh, tell it, me. No, this should be great. Tell he me. compared it to uh, when – like two girls, one of them announces that she's engaged, and the other one tries to be happy for her, but you can easily see the pain <laughs> Not at all, and anguish that exists I mean, right look, behind this. I, I would the be surface. lying if I said I wasn't a little <laughs> envious of the amount of retweets that he got. Right. Okay. Um, you said the right things, but he could tell what was really going yeah, on. Yeah. So I'd be concerned if you were like, a little annoyed. I mean, now, the big picture is it was on our network and not any other network, and that night. 
was fantastic. Meanwhile, the same night, mm. I broke the D Ford to the 49ers trade. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. <laughs> it was at all. It was like 45 minutes later. It was, I was tough timing because otherwise that would that would have been the Any biggest other day news. Of the right. week. Yep. I was like, it got, it got buried. I, should I put this out? No, I mean, I guess I should. People be like, oh, great. Okay, D Ford, go away. See, I I on. respect like your your sources and your ability to create news enough. I almost thought like you cooked that up. <laughs> after he broke it, and he's like, I need something, John Lynch. Like, I need something, people. Put something do together me for me to, like, at least respond, and then you got it. Can you guys just do this trade? Like, you've been talking <laughs> about this. Happen, this. Just could you do it tonight, please? So the, I like this. This is the beginning of a uh, what seems like a tradition. Last year in Orlando, Rapshi joined us, sat in on the news, and that's what he's going to do again today here in Arizona at the owners' meetings. I do want to interrupt for a second. Yes. I'm sorry. I know you're doing your host thing. Yeah. Dan asked me to come sit in on the news, and I had literally no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> Just so you guys know. Well, now you know. Now, no, it... I'm going to forget next year this time. <laughs> Probably you will. Uh, we're going to go through, spin through the headlines with the insider. Uh, also, I mean, again, you're going to get upstaged here, Ian, because Freddie Kitchens, the oh, head coach hello. of the Cleveland Browns, joining us today, as Woo! is Sean McDermott, head coach of the Buffalo what Bills. A show. That's a show. I mean, that's a banger of a show. Let's do it. You want to get into the news? Please. Let's do some news. Pesa un poquito de todo. Oh, sí. Uh, yo, f- yo soy fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start here, actually. Before we get into the headlines, Ian, obviously you're here, owners' meetings. What's uh, kind of interesting on the docket right now? What's what, what's coming up that's got you tickled in the I mean, nipples? Absolutely. If you had asked me, <laughs> nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> okay. If you had asked me last year at this time, I would not have said the Giants may trade Odell because remember that came out. John Mayer just basically said it at the beginning of owners' meeting. Right. Absent something like that, this will probably be about the rules and replay and are they going to make. Uh, pass interference penalties reviewable. Are they going to make personal foul penalties? Football only penalties, uh, ejection worthy. Like there's some rules stuff. Are they going to make, you know, some of the non call slash non calls that we saw uh, in the title game make those reviewable? So there, there's some review things that we're going to hear. There's also, and I was just talking to a member of the competition committee about this, the possibility that instead of an onside kick, they're going to have a one fourth and fifteen play from the. 30, I think. Uh, I love this. Where basically, if if you're down, let's say you're down, you can only use in the fourth quarter. If you're down the fourth quarter, you can, instead of kicking off, elect to go fourth and 15 from the 30. If you convert it, you get the ball. If you don't, then the other team just gets the ball. So exactly the same as an onside kick. Instead, it's a play. And basically what John Elway decided to do was get a – play that had the same, and he was the one who recommended it, the same percentage, 15%, of converting as an old onside hmm. kick did. Why not just, love it? what about it, the idea of just going back to the old onside kick rules? Because obviously the tweak to the rule essentially destroyed the play. What was clear. wrong with the first onside kick? Concussions. Okay. And there, were, there weren't that many being picked up. Greg Schiano doesn't get enough love. He, proposed, he literally proposed this idea seven years ago. Is that who? That's who came up he with get, He with gets enough I, love, Greg. I'm just saying. He came up with this exact idea, and now it got so, uh, recycled back. But he's been Oh, so the, the overloading sure the that. line and all that, that's player safety. Yes. So they can't go back and, to that. And okay. running, the lack of running starts also. And you can't just, you know, used to be able to just drill a guy, but now you can't. Wait, can, so is there – a possibility that happens? Like, is that a real? Yeah, that would be this actually a this big rule, deal. This rule idea came about because of Eric Legrand. Remember the the Rutgers player that was yes. uh, concussed, and yeah. Shiano was sort of thought of what could be something that would replace uh, a kick paralyzed, and that paralyzed, was it. Yeah. Paralyzed. Sorry, I didn't. That's an, I did not know that. That's interesting. interesting. Maybe Freddie Mitchell will come out of retirement. Fourth and fourth and long Red specialist. X. I'd be amazing if, like, yeah, that keeps his career alive. He just comes, comes in for one for play that. every four games. All right, so there you go. That's what's coming up. Um, we'll keep an eye on that because that is very interesting. Uh, let's go through the headlines. Uh, let's start here. Justin Houston has a home. Everybody was wondering, uh, Ian, when the Colts were going to strike. They had all this cap money, mm-hmm. and Chris Ballard, um, who, by the way, uh, Ian, you're, on the, you're part of Peloton Nation yep. like me. I'm on the Peloton here in the gym, humble brag. 
and who's next to me on the Stairmaster? Ballard. And I'll tell you crushing what. Crushing it, I bet. Crushing it. Yeah. Like, I, I, mean, I mean, I could not have more respect for what he was able to do on that machine. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, good job like by him. Like it's a racehorse. Just so you know. I don't know if I would know what was good or bad on a Stairmaster. It's, but I guess it's you, you got to grind on that thing. Greg. You got to grind on that thing. And he was grinding hard. What were you going to say? He's a guest on the Rap Sheen Friends podcast uh, on Monday, FYI. If you oh, guys want to okay. listen to You that. were going to have Dan on nice what happened with, oh, that, that, what's I up with that. I don't think that was actually ever going to happen. I mean, <laughs> I probably told him it was going to happen. Right. No, that's cool. We have, we have Freddie Kitchens. And Sean McDermott and you. So really, why would you need to go to your podcast for that? We've got to, you here. To answer this very question. <laughs> right here, this question right here, you will get the answer to on Rap Sheet and Friends. Oh, no. Right. no, what was interesting about the Houston thing, so he was trying to get $10 million a year and could not do it. You know, he, And he was talking to Raiders, Ravens, I believe, a couple other teams, and all of a sudden the Colts open up and it's twelve. And you know, and it's I mean it's it's real money. It's actually it's actually eleven for twenty three, not for twenty four, but it doesn't matter. Same same thing, real money, and all of a sudden the Colts just kinda jumped in and everyone was like, What are they gonna do? They have so much money. You know, Ballard doesn't love free agency. I don't it just doesn't like the concept of it, doesn't like to spend money on, you know, bloated salaries for players who a lot of times are not the best players. But in this case, you know, it kinda dove in and I think that'll help a lot. Wes, I feel like this is a move that you like. For your Colts. I do. I think that makes sense. Where the Colts, the Devin Funches thing, too. They have the money now, so they're spending it short term. Yes. And this will not affect locking up all their guys at their draft. Like They had a great draft last year, and I'm sure they think so far ahead, well, we're going to have to lock these guys up. We're going to have to lock up the rest of our young players. So it gives them the freedom to do things And in you the can be free agency averse when you're drafting the way that Chris Ballard has drafted and the way he's built that Right, team. and ultimately, though, I thought he was the best player left in free agency yeah. by the point he signed, by far. And they're yeah. like the team at, you know, not to be too dorky, the auction, you know, fantasy league draft where they have all the money at the end and now they wait and they see Houston is out there. Didn't expect they would get someone like him, but it fits in perfectly. They got money to spend. I, I love that. And they need pass rusher. And I, I mean, obviously, Ballard was integral in drafting him and, and scouting. But the thing that's weird to me is like they have a they ended up last year where they ended up, but they have a good, fun, young team and whoever they signed in free agency, whichever like mid-level free agent would have to beat out whoever's currently on their roster, right? And like trying to figure out who would be better than they currently. Have. I mean, they were in the mix for some of the safeties, like for Landon and for I don't know about Earl, but definitely for Landon and a couple other safeties. But like, who would actually be better and more productive for them long-term on their roster? Like, I didn't see a lot of guys. You know, here's another move. I think we all like the Houston Colts move. The Saints add another weapon on offense. Jared Cook, or it appears to be heading that way. It doesn't seem official. Ian, is this definitely happening? We'll start here. It is happening. It has the actual contract. I don't believe has been agreed to language-wise, but they had an agreement in principle. Like, I don't know. When I was at the Knicks game, so what? What night was that? We're not sure. I, you didn't. Well, you've been scouting my. It was on Instagram. My yeah. Instagram. No, I was told about the Instagram photo. I didn't see it myself, actually. Yeah, I don't know that didn't sound. I don't right. know if but anyway, it's been in. You better. Fo- I don't follow you though, so it's bad. Yeah, no, we're good. We're good. Um, no, so that I mean, that's that's going to happen. But this is that kind of interesting because every year we all talk about how the Saints have no money, they have cap issues, and you know they Breeze's cap number in like twenty thirty five is going to be like fifty million, and they kind of find the space for stuff they really need. And you know, I don't. It's going to be eight million fully guaranteed in year one. It's really wow. just a one year. De- it's a lot of money. Patriots came in at the end and had a big time push, big time like presentation to Cook. Um, but in the end, I mean, I think this is something that Sean Payton needed and was willing to pay for. Perfect it. fit. Uh, moving forward, the Los Angeles Rams are making moves in their backfield. Todd Gurley, you know, it's a little weird what's going on with him right now. I Maybe mean, we could talk about that a little bit, but uh, we'll talk about their depth chart. Malcolm Brown, he stays in L.A. Uh, he, according to Ian Rappaport, and then – uh, announced by the team. The Rams are uh, matched the Detroit Lions offer sheet for the restricted free agent running back. So it's a two-year deal with $3.3 million base salary. Uh, so he sticks around. 
and he ended last season on injury reserve, which paved the way for C.J. Anderson, right. who is not happy. And this is what C.J. Anderson had to say on Twitter. He called the disrespect real, Mark. I, I, I've heard you say that a lot, Mark. Disrespect is real. Phrase, man. Just want a 16 is all I ask. He wants 16 games. Well, I think, I mean, the Malcolm Brown thing is interesting, and I love a good restricted free agent deal because they never happen, and it's kind of fun. But this really, to me, this story really is about C.J. Anderson, like, basically saying goodbye to the Rams on Twitter. He said that's not what he meant, and he has since told me that he that is not what he meant. Um, however, clearly he wanted to be on the Rams. They talked publicly about how they wanted him back, and then they paid a lot for a guy who was a backup who broke his clavicle. They didn't want him. They didn't want C.J. Anderson. This Not a lot of him. gratitude for what he did for him. Maybe they thought lightning wouldn't strike twice, but it's interesting because ultimately they're not in the Super Bowl he didn't, for C.J. Anderson. That's I would, fair. I would agree with that. You also can point out that he didn't do much in the final two playoff games. Sure. So he didn't end the season as hot as he was when he first took over the job. But you would think he would. there would have been some type of interest from the Rams, but apparently they didn't think I, much. Uh, the bigger Rams story to me, I, I am stunned by the fact that, and I get it, Les Snead, like he's always – doing the football thing, watching films, signing players. He's never heard of the television show The Office. Am I honestly to believe that? That is not true. Where'd That's you hear his that? wife tweeted, tweeted that out, Kara. Kara Henderson, that he's never She's heard of She's a reputable the, source. This is, is, this is bothering is it, Wasn't this she a on This has been on, on, been on, on Mark's, show, Mark's yes. radar. He's not, it, 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 you seem like you're questioning the reporting, frankly. No, no, I, I, I believe her. Do you know what I, it is? I just find it odd. We're on the same page because we get it. And we, when we interview these coaches, they always seem to be a little disconnected with pop culture and things of that nature. But not knowing what the office is is a bridge too far. It's almost like it's either a put-on just to show how hard you're grinding or – Which I like, respect, by the way. Which is fine. Or it's – That's a flex that I can get behind. <laughs> right. Or it's the truth of a, almost a cry for help because the office is part of the it's American the landscape. Yeah. And I, by this time, it's, it's shocking. I agree with your analysis. There's nothing wrong with not being plugged into pop culture, but it's it's a little too far to say that you don't mm. know what The Office is. Mm. I have never watched The Office except more than like a half an episode, but at least I know what it exactly. is. Exactly. I don't need you to be a completist, but the idea that you've never <laughs> heard of the show. What do you? What's going on with Todd Gurley? Are you, what are we hearing here? Is this? A, is, have we seen the best I mean, of Todd Gurley? Is it? Is it now the long? Decline? I don't think we've seen the. I hope not. It would be. If that was the case, that would be really depressing, especially since he signed a nice big deal and looks like his career is going in the right direction. But I do think that it's going to be different from now. I'm like, I don't think it's going to be – and not that he was ever like a 30-carry per game guy he anyway. He's offensive player of the year. Right. But, I mean, he's going to – he's still going to get a lot of run, but I do think they're going to have to have like a – like if they draft a running back this year, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, well, they I just think, paid a lot of money to – Get Malcolm Brown in the mix. I think not that much yeah. money. No, but for a backup, for a backup for running, backup back, running back, two, you know, almost two million dollars, and you know, I just don't think he's going to be the workhorse that he was. Like they, it was very clear that, and talked to the running backs coach before the Super Bowl. Basically, said this was like it is going to be different now for him. Hmm. Like he's going to be more like split carries, use him in spots, kind of guy. Hmm. And that's, that's sad. What it, it is sad, although like at that position, I feel like it's always going to be like that, unless you're Adrian Peterson. Hmm. Basically. Yeah, uh, this next news item, I'm going to hand it to Greg because he okay. basically forced it into the show. No, so I said you after this, you guys were pushing back, we don't need to do it because I know Wes is sick and tired of hearing about <laughs> Malcolm Mitchell. Or no, you know, now Dan I want to hear. Dan doesn't think it matters. Well, Malcolm Mitchell officially announced his retirement, and Wes I saw your your love song. Wes, th- Wes <laughs> thinks like, oh, I've already heard you mention Malcolm Mitchell enough over the years. Well, Wes can continue talking when he catches five <laughs> passes for 63 yards in the fourth quarter of the greatest comeback ever, and it turned out to be the last football game he ever played. That's an incredible story, and people people are coming at him saying, oh, that, that's not that big of a deal. Give me a break. What did you accomplish in life? This guy, at the biggest moment, played his very best. They wouldn't have won the Super then Bowl he tur- without Then him. he turns around and He's authors, a hero. he authors a children's book. I've, you know this very sounds like. I've heard this 5 for 63 story more times than I've heard the fishes <laughs> and loaves story. You know, you know what this sounds like? You're trying – and. Like the Patriots need more legend around them, but you're trying to. Are you saying that Malcolm Mitchell is your version of David Tyree? Oh, I mean, David Tyree caught one lucky pass. This oh, guy was oh, five. Oh, okay. This was five for sixty-three in one quarter. He's the only outside receiver. Eddie they Spaghetti, had. how about Give David Tyree? Love. Give him a little love. I don't think there was anything lucky about Tyree's catch, but I will say this. So my wife doesn't 
you know, she doesn't know a ton about football or football players. I mean, she knows my world a little bit. She's more curious, like, who broke a story as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, who caught the winning touchdown. How so disappointed she... was she with the uh, Odell Beckham thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you on the couch? Right, tough so, night at the house. No, I'll tell you this. So She's a big I had to, Don't even fan. come into this bedroom. I had to leave the house for <laughs> 20 minutes that night. She asked me to do something. I left the house for 20 minutes, and I text Mike and Tom like, and Dave Schott, our team boss, or whoever it was. And I was like, hey, I'm going to leave for 20 minutes like, because we were done with Total Access. Stuff could happen. Le'Veon was going to – his mixtape sure. was dropping that night, so we felt like – What a night was that drop. was. And I was like, I'm going to leave the house for 20 minutes. Mike and Tom got out like, don't let anything happen, but I'll be right back. And <laughs> Garrett is texting me when he gets wind that this is happening, and we're all starting to like make calls, and then he just breaks it. Meanwhile, I'm not in the house. And so I made the mistake of saying – to Leah, my lovely bride, um, I can't believe I left the house when the Odell thing was happening. And her response was, "Do you think you would have broken it if you hadn't left the house? Is that what you're saying?" Ouch! Ooh. And I <laughs> was like, Lady "That's a good stuff. reporter question." And I, of course, my answer is yes, but I can't say that to her because then she would feel like I'm blaming her for Garofalo breaking. Mm. Who I'm so happy. What a slippery slope broke this it. is! So I had to just never <laughs> wow. mention it again. But anyway, what, you see what's going on here? He's now using his wife as a way to <laughs> no, sort of I'm let everyone te- else know. No, I'm what just telling you there. that I <laughs> you signed the contract. I cannot. That's exactly right. I can never bring this up to her ever again. Anyway, except on a podcast. My well, yeah, except for right now. No, but I was explaining to her the Malcolm Mitchell story yesterday because it is actually really sad. I mean, he was, you know, mid rounder who looked so promising, like looked Best like he was good. Wide receiver they've had in period. What? Absolutely. They just haven't. They, there haven't been many. Right, that just says he that was they the, haven't had any great rookie receivers. He, he, but it's a tough system no. to learn as a rookie. He, he, he had the best, he, he had and, the best rookie under Belichick. Yes, and high-character guy, like big in the community, big in like children's books. I mean, he started a literacy a, foundation for kids. He's, he's, a, he's, he's fine. He's a good guy. Why do you hate kids? All I can say is this. I'm glad we talked about Malcolm Mitchell. I'm sorry about his misfortune. I'm glad that he's working with the kids. That's good. But that's it. Moratorium. Fire off the cannon, Ricky. Malcolm Mitchell. That is the end of his his life here on the Around the NFL podcast. Not his life. There's no cannon. On the podcast. Before you go, I'd like to check in on this. Like, where are you with, um, you mentioned this a year ago, with your female fan base? Is it a burgeoning (laughs) subset of followers? Um, (laughs) I would say, you know, a couple couple a year try to slide in the DMs on on Instagram. That's such a lie. (laughs) There's like two or three a year. It's your wife. No, I mean, well, yes, every once in a while, she, that, that, that's one. Got to keep things saucy. Speaking of keeping it saucy, Cam Newton was on James Corden, that late night show. And um, this was weird. Let's listen into what Cam brought up kind of on his own. And then March, I'm given, uh, I hope this is an adult crowd. It looks like it is. No sure. climax. <laughs> oh. Shut the front door. <laughs> Straight up. No no, I'm, I'm going through a transition right now. Like, oh my like, I'm, I'm God! They, they should at least done it in February. You got 28 days in February. <laughs> David Bournez. That's actually a great line. Good line. Uh, so uh, Cam Newton announces that uh, he's abstaining from uh, intimacy, physical That's intimacy. Not what he announced. For one month, yeah. That's well, not no, what he it, said. Exactly. It's it's more You're specific. Re- we're that. reporters. Like that's what? not. If this is those things he where people not, are like, all right, people are like, people are like, oh, can you believe that denial? And I'm like, that's not a denial. He did not say he's abstaining from sex. The headlines are all wrong. He said he's abstaining from climax. Oh, totally different. Okay. Totally different mm-hmm. situation. Okay. I mean, one sounds horrible. It seems one pointless. Passable, but I mean, John Elway used to do this during the playoff runs. He would not have sex for a full month. Or Mark, in this case, Mark yeah. is a believer in this science. We I would just say here, fuzzy we should, science. You should get him on the podcast and ask him. I'm sure you there have is a, lot a huge to say. movement out there where I think Cam Newton. He didn't come up with this on his own. It's a definitely a movement. So out there. there's Paul another there's the another movement out there that's been going for <laughs> tens of thousands of years. It's been it's been way more fun. I like that what, movement. What better. movement is that? I think Life, generally sex. Huma- humanity. <laughs> Mark's our plug guy that's plugged into like the subreddit channels of a lot of different <laughs> things. Some of it like after dark, and it goes on deep, deep into an evening. Uh, so you're saying there's what I think what you're ending up there's a whole subculture there is of what a, he may be referring there's to. There's a very popular hashtag that I'm not sure I'm allowed to say on this show. So say I won't. it, and we'll bleep it if we. What have is to. it? It is called the <laughs> hashtag. But that's different. 
Um, but that's part of it, too. I think essentially it's, it's to the together. same end where you're okay. not trying to have the release of bodily fluids. You just stop in the middle? Shadow like figure is fainting thinking. in the corner of the room right now. <laughs> that's as much information as I will provide. I've never seen stomach. Erica look as kind of just disgusted or disappointed as she does right now. Well, li- live with it. And then what do you do? You just... <laughs> I don't know. I think I think you're right to parse the words the way you did, but I don't think I think he was getting at more the uh, you know Rocky's trainer thing. Like it's, you know, it's bad for know. the legs. Bad he would have said that. He would have said he would have said I'm not having it. We got to follow. Can you reach out? I'll send him an email. Yeah, thank uh, you. All right. <laughs> Rap sheet has friends. It's a podcast you can get uh, <laughs> anywhere where podcasts are available. Yep. I think. Yeah. Uh, and you are the As NFL downloaded it. media insider. <laughs> Uh, at Rap Sheet, and yes, there there may be a home and home. Uh, I might appear on the show, um, but probably it's not. Won't. What we're hearing, if we yeah. need, if we really need guests, like in May or something. Okay, well, if that happens, I may be on the show. And uh, Ian, good luck. And uh, listen, Garfall, I know he's your friend. When he joined the company, you liked it because you thought it was all right. This is a guy that I respect, but I don't think he's going to be out scooping me on the regular. Then he gets the scoop of the year. Don't let it get to you, though. It's all. It's all. <laughs> His pep talk is fantastic. <laughs> it's all. It's all in the game, as they say. Well, I, I for one feel, feel warmer now having listened C- to that pep talk. Congrats! This is like congrats on your extension. <laughs> thank yeah, you. Thank I appreciate congrats. that. Is See, some people are nice, Dan. I'm a nice guy too. I actually reached out privately and texted you to congrats <laughs> yesterday because it is quite a um, achievement. To, because let's listen. Being an insider. That's a stressful job. I can't believe you signed up for five more years. It's of it. tough. I mean, he was. I hope you survived. Ian was on the same row as Adam Schefter on the way there. Couldn't even speak to each other. <laughs> that is know? not true, by the way. <laughs> we did exchange cordial greetings and um, some small talk and some banter. All right. Well, wow. have a glass of champagne here at the Biltmore to celebrate your great achievement. Ian Rappaport, thank you, buddy. Thank you. All right. Now it's time. This is what we've been waiting for. Ian was great. Great appetizer. Set the table. Set the table in a beautiful way. But now, Mark, it is, it's, it's time for Freddy Kitchens. How Let's you feeling? do it. I could not be happier about this moment in my life. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Hit it. All right. Joining us here on the Around the NFL podcast, he is the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Freddy Kitchens. Woo! Welcome to the this show, like Freddy. Sound effects. I didn't know we were getting that. I didn't know I signed up, signed up for the techno. Exactly. Like if you could, if you could choose a walk-up song, would that be it? It definitely would not be. It would not be that. What would you go with? Uh, probably like my hometown by like Garth Brooks or something. Mm, you know? right. Country, so not something country. EDM electronic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Freddie, welcome to the show. We're we're so happy to have you here. You have in. A very short period of time become um, a fan favorite within the Around the NFL podcast because we like coaches that kind of keep it real, and it seems like one of the reasons why you've been a breath of fresh air and why the Browns kept you around is that you bring that sensibility uh, to, to the team, and, and I feel like that's welcome, and it seems like the players respond to it. Yeah, I think it's amazing when you just kind of tell the truth, isn't it? That's like the the thing. We in should today's, try that. Yeah, hell, somebody should. Um, <laughs> in today's society, I mean, you never know. You've got either got to be politically correct, or you got to blow smoke up people's tails mm. to get anywhere. And you know, it's good that you know, hell, it's good. I'm in Cleveland because I feel like uh, we kind of get along with the city and and the town, the community, uh, and the Browns organization. You know. It says something about the organization that they allow you to be yourself at a time when a lot of the job is image and putting yeah. that image out there and being polished yeah. and you're allowed to just be yourself. Yeah, and I think that was the thing I kept hearing after I got the job, you know, from uh, everybody from ownership to people within the organization. And, and uh, you know, I think I had a lot of support to get the job within the organization in general. Hmm. It could have been the janitor or the, the people <laughs> in the kitchen. But I think those people are important too. And mm-hmm. um, everybody has a role to play. And, and when you make uh, everybody feel that way, then, of course, you're going to have their support because not everybody does that. But I do think they have a, a significant role in what we're trying to get accomplished. Do you get that sense after a, a year of being in Cleveland? You mentioned that you kind of vibe with the fans and it works that well. Like, do you, are, do you started to understand how you hold all of these people's kind of – 
broken hearts in your hand. Like Mark yeah. here, you, we were talking yeah. before the show as a big time Browns fan, like how much you mean to me. Cause they're, they're, they're like afraid to love again, but I think they're finally yeah. opening up. <laughs> I've heard that before. Like not from Browns fans, just in general. <laughs> but uh, the, the thing I would say is with the Cleveland Browns fans and the people that have been fans their whole life, um, it's very similar to, I played football at the University of Alabama, so I know what passion is all about. Um, and it's very similar, and probably uh, even more so than in in Alabama. I, I'm going to get killed in Alabama for saying that, but, um, you know, the passion. and Now, when, when you have passion for things like that, you can have great successes. I mean, hell, you'd think we won the Super Bowl and we were 7-8-1, and one, but <laughs> they had struggled so long, yeah. and uh, hopefully those days are behind us. But we've got a lot of work ahead of us. Um, to get there because the expectations are so high now. The thing I find so unusual as a fan that goes back to the 80s, the drive, the fumble, all the heartbreak, and essentially everything that happened since the team came back after the move uh, to Baltimore is just that there is a competent quarterback. It has been one sideshow after the next. Uh, Brandon Whedon getting lost under American flags. Like all sorts of stuff that you just cannot <laughs> believe is happening to quarterbacks. Did that and really happen? It oh, did. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Trapped under the biggest you should, you yeah. should look it up on YouTube. Oh it's God, one of yes. the great NFL Actually, moments don't. of this decade. Don't Keep look that it up. juju away That's from the gone. Browns at this point. <laughs> For you though, having been there with Baker from the first minute that he was with Cleveland, was there a moment where before any of us realized you thought wait a minute, this guy's got it going on? Yeah, I think when you saw him practice I mean just in general, just throwing the ball um, you know, I, I don't know how much you can teach accuracy. In it. Like, I'm sure there's some guru out there that can do it, all right? Or at least they can tell you that they'll do it. I mean, <laughs> I've worked with some of those that will tell you they can make them accurate, but it didn't work for, well, not gonna, it didn't work for some people. We can think of some uh, examples. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just look at Arizona. So, um, <laughs> but, it, you know, but at the end of the day, when he picks up a football, he's very accurate with the football. And you saw that initially. It doesn't matter if he's warming up or throwing uh, routes on air or, or whatever the case. He's accurate. Um, and that's – I don't think you can teach that necessarily. Is that, I mean, it's making it too simple. But when it comes to the quarterback skill set, accuracy is more important than having a cannon for an arm, just the ability to put the ball where it needs to be. Yeah, because I think from the time that, uh, you know, the arm strength sometimes gets overblown from the standpoint of when he decides to throw the ball – to a certain receiver, and the receiver gets the ball in his hands, that's the time that it takes to get there. Now, you can do that by arm strength if you're accurate, or you can do it by, like, processing the information and and uh, seeing it come open before it actually mm-hmm. is open. So it's all about the timing that the ball needs to get there from when the quarterback decides to throw it, not necessarily starts his action, but decides to throw it, and it ends up in the receiver's hands is the time that I think is more crucial than arm strength. Would you have a problem after this interview if I were to take your phone and text <laughs> Baker Mayfield just some of my <laughs> personal thoughts about him? Could I yeah, no, not at all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's oh. actually just down the road, so you can go see him in person. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Mark's about to faint. Freddie, <laughs> um, where were you? <laughs> Never love again, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what we said. <laughs> where were you when you found out it was official, Freddie Kitchens' offense was going to have Odell Beckham Jr. on it, and what was your reaction? Uh, I was sitting in the draft – we call it the draft room. We're sitting in the draft room, you know, talking to all the parties involved. So, um, mm. you know, so sitting there in the middle of uh, everything, I guess. So you – and I imagine for you, it's a slam dunk. It's like, go get this guy. Was there – I mean, was there any way – once the, it became possibility that you guys were going to pull back, would, could it have been some type of terms in terms of the trade that you would have said that's too much or the opportunity to get Odell Beckham was just too great to pass up no matter what. I don't, I don't know what would have happened yeah. for us to, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it was a thing that was presented to us and mm. we were able to do What it. was John, the reaction John. right afterwards? Was it like a draft? Cause sometimes when you like, you know, you have the cameras on draft day and they show the, the Jones family and everything and the player, you know, that they really want fault them. And they're, like, really doing some, like, white guy high fives. They're getting all, like, really fired up. Like, where was that the reaction when you they find out you finally get it? <laughs> He's talking about um, Yes. No, it's like, you know, John, you know, John's very good in those, like, situations. So it was kind of fun for me to sit and watch him work and communicate with 
other GMs uh, around the league and and how the back and forth goes. It's almost like a, a car auction or something. You know, hmm. just it's just it's very unique and uh, to show see the respect that that the two men had for each other as as men and and put a deal together like that. It was just it was really my first time of experiencing it on a personal level like that. All right, Freddie, it's time for the speed round. Okay. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Speed in my name has not been. <laughs> That's Ricky Hollywood. She's our producer. She's going to hit the music, <laughs> and it, it, we're going to fly. Techno music or what? what no, it'll be a little bit sing. more palatable. Here right, we go. <laughs> Favorite athlete growing up? Michael Jordan. Mm. Best bar food? Uh, wings. <laughs> Better vintage MTV program, singled out or remote control? Don't know either one of them. Ah. <laughs> Netflix and chill or hot night on the town? Uh, net uh, at home. <laughs> being starting, <laughs> being started quarterback of a prestige college football powerhouse. That was probably fun. It was at times. <laughs> Is LeBron allowed to be a Browns and Cowboys fan? No. Come on. Mm. Thank you. I like that. If you fumble out of the end zone, it's a turnover. That's dumb, right? Uh, yes. Mm. <laughs> be honest. You wish you had more screen time on Hard Knocks. A little no. more pop. A little more Not at all. Pop. Come on. I did, I did enough. <laughs> over-under Baker Mayfield MVP awards before 2030. One and a half is the over-under. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not into prediction. That's business. the over. Yeah. <laughs> Who will sit on the Iron Throne? Uh, Baker. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Worst demise, uh, shark attack or elevator malfunction? Oh, uh, shark attack. Greatest oh, yeah. meat product. Greatest meat product? Uh, ribs. There you go. Madonna, overrated, underrated, properly rated? Uh, underrated. Mm. Ooh, I like that. Is it time to believe in Cleveland? Uh, yes. Good he answers. He did it. That wasn't too bad, right? Yeah, no, no. You never saw it singled out. Jenny McCarthy, Chris Hardwick, da- mm. dating show, 1993. That's like right in your college <laughs> yeah, glory days. Right in the wheelhouse, huh? <laughs> mm. oh, yeah. Well, you were busy. Yeah. All right, Freddie, thank you so yeah. much. For joining us, I know you're a busy guy and a man in demand. So coming on our little podcast is a thrill for all of us, but especially Mark. Yeah, this, <laughs> is, <laughs> well, this is fun, fellas. I appreciate y'all having me. All right, Thanks. best really of luck. Nice. Freddie Kitchens. All right, there he goes, Freddie Kitchens, as advertised, a laid-back dude. And I think we actually have, Mark, an outside chance at some point of getting drinks with him. I just feel like it's in the cards. I mean, we asked him after the interview – uh, what his drink of choice is, and it reminded me a lot of my old friends. Like he's like, you know, in my refrigerator home, I have I have some natural light, some natty light, <laughs> and like I'm a bourbon drinker. So I, we are going to heat Mark seek him. Right yeah. We are going to find him and, and have a drink as, as he should be. I, yeah, I'm giving it a better chance than than Dan did. I mean, I'm ready to just make them the team of ATL like right now. Uh, I feel like this is. It's all going to happen. We're all in love. We're smitten. Maybe it's one of those things that people just say to be polite, but he repeated three times after the interview, if we're ever in Cleveland and want to get drinks, let him know. He'll no, we're up. getting we blasted together. It's like, I'll be there tonight, by the way. So don't, He's, you know. We're in the bag. He said something interesting during that. Um, we were talking about the accuracy of quarterbacks, and he mentioned the Cardinals. For a second, it was like, oh, is that a Josh Rosen shot? But not at all. It's a reference to all the years he was he, there, right? People, yeah, he was there for a decade. Mm-hmm. That's very rare that a guy's with one team for a decade. And he was not the quarterback's coach uh, for almost for most of it. Uh, he was with Carson Palmer. But he, as a tight ends and a running back coach, he saw some dreadful Cardinals quarterback, John Skelton, John Kevin Navarre, Cobb, John Max Navarre. Hall, Derek I mean, Anderson. I mean, like the John people Skelton. that they went through, it's true. Like it, it – Bruce Arians and him, and like that, those two eras are a great example of like you have a quarterback, you can maybe make the Super Well, you may Bowl, not be the not, you're totally serious. right. You may not be the quarterback's coach, but everyone loses their job right when the quarterback sucks. He said shark attack over or worse death than elevator malfunction. Do you guys agree? Are you talking like the elevator would suddenly like the wires disconnect the and you, wires. you're soaring? Right. I feel like See, I would go with shark the shark ele- attack. I do not. I don't want to be attacked by a shark. Right. I would definitely go with the elevator in that circumstance. But when you said that, I thought, am I like trapped in? Because I was thinking about this yesterday. There was one off the elevator at Wes's because we were on little different buildings. There was a, like a five percent chance someone gets trapped in that elevator in Wes's building uh, this week. 
and has to like mm-hmm. have a scenario where you decide, am I going to eat the person I'm stuck with or are they going to eat me eat and them? we're going to die? Why would that and be so the that first would be thing that terrible. comes to your mind? Well, it won't, it won't be right away, but you know, Or you could just like days. hit like the emergency button. I've taken this elevator many times in the past two days and saw no issue with it whatsoever. It's scary. It's I was scary. telling Erica before the show that like on and like one way I do want to die very quickly is like a f- like a curvy <laughs> female assassin comes and takes me out and they're just like lauding my journalism skills. Like he died on the job. He's such a hard worker. Yeah, we did. T- yeah, that would be yeah. a big. You get a lot of pop from it, especially like at an NFL event. Anyway. Lady Kitchens. <laughs> he was great. Oh, wait. This is on. We enjoyed it. But we have more coaches to talk to. Coaches like they are hey. lining up to talk to us. I mean, the amount of people that wanted to spend time with us is just staggering. Here Sorry. is Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. All right, now joining us, he's entering his third season as the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Good to be here. Yeah. Okay. Is that your kind I of music? I- well, a little bit. I like it's just like rave, <laughs> oh, rave yeah. culture. On. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What well, is what is sticks. what is the rave culture in the Western New York these days? Oh, it's off the chain. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every every night, um, warehouses yeah. down there by the canal. Yeah. I think people. Rave I think people taking some buses up to Canada, getting their rave in. I mean, Maybe. that's a, that's a thing. You, you sound like you know what you're My talking about. My brother went to McGill. Yeah, there was there was a <laughs> yeah. scene there. That was a while ago. Though. I bet. Yeah, it's probably. <laughs> I'm probably in bed three hours before that <laughs> kicks off, right? Well, welcome to the show, Sean. It is a interesting time in the AFC East, I feel like, because the Patriots, uh, they win again. Everyone's over <laughs> it. But it, and I'm going to fo- Jets fan, right? Focus, you said that. You Jets said fan, it, yeah, me. focusing more on the Bills and the Jets. They are you guys are making moves to make a charge potentially in that division. I, I imagine you were happy with how the uh, offseason unfolded in free agency. Yeah, to this point. I mean, I, you know, look, it's about always evolving and, and really um, subscribing to that growth mindset. We're always trying to grow, always trying to learn, always trying to improve our football team, always trying to improve individually and then collectively as a team. And uh, Brandon and his staff did a nice job of targeting some guys, and we went out and got them. And, and uh, I think they'll add to the players that we already have in Western New York and, and um, continue to, you know, work to, to put our best foot forward. Have there ever, in, you know, in-house inside the Buffalo Bills organization, a plot hatched or discussions around kidnapping Bill Belichick and just simply removing him <laughs> from human society? Is that the best way to try and win, you think? I don't I mean, know. It's possible. I mean, look. This we, is we, Mark's we, fantasies coming <laughs> out in just, this question. No, we have a lot of respect for, <laughs> look, for what they've done. Um, so that's a no. Certainly I know that there that there's a lot of, um, you know, call it rivalry between Bills fans and, and, and the Patriots. But but that said, listen, if you don't at least study someone in your industry that's had success over the course of time that, like they've had, um, then shame on you. So, uh, But that said, you know, we're, we're committed to uh, continue to try and close that gap and, and um, you know, put our best foot forward as an organization. You're out of cap jail this year, and we see some good moves with the offensive line and John Brown and Cole Beasley. Um, and then you guys also pursued Antonio Brown. One of the reports was that you did not pursue Odell Beckham. Was the price just too steep there? Well, I, don't, I mean, that's a conversation that honestly never even took place between Brandon and myself, okay. um, to be honest with you. So, you know, I, I just think that, you know, we're, we're looking for the types of players. We've got a checklist of the types of players that we're looking for. And and um, and so we moved in a different direction with, with the players that you mentioned, Cole Beasley, John Brown. So we feel good about those additions and, and the guys that we already have. We had some young players get some valuable experience last year, and and, um, and that will be important for us as we move forward. How was it from your perspective, you know, when, the, when that report comes out that, that, you know, from our network that, that this trade could be coming and you're, you're the Bills coach? Like how did that greet you and, like, what was your part of that process? Yeah, I mean, look, you, c- you can only control what you can control. And uh, and so Brandon and I talk a lot, and we have a lot of conversations about you know, players, and sometimes it goes somewhere, and, and, and you're able to drill down a little bit deeper and do some more research and things, and sometimes it stops with a f- with only one conversation. So um, that's all part of trying to improve as a football team. And as Brandon has mentioned time and time again, that uh, we have to have those conversations, right, whether it's Odell Beckham or whether it's, in this case, Antonio Brown and – great football player and and a tough matchup a tough guy to take away and uh, and so um you know we're not to me 
uh, in a place where we, we can't have that conversation, right, in terms of, hey, we, well, we've already arrived. We're still building. And so um, we have to look at every avenue, pursue every avenue or every option to improve our football team, and that was a conversation we had. What is with Josh Allen entering year two in terms of what you expect and hope for in his development, what, what do you want to see from him that maybe you didn't see as a rookie? Well, I just think it really to continue his evolution, continue his development and growth in every area, which is, A, the curiosity of the game, um, leadership. Um, those are the off-the-field areas. And then continue to grow um, on the field as well. Hey, what did now NFL second-year NFL defenses look like? How are they going to adjust to what your skills, what your skill set, uh, in this case Josh, what his skill set is, and with his mobility that maybe some people didn't anticipate, maybe in year one. That's a, a question I get a lot. Um, and so continuing then to build also the continuity with with the receivers and the tight ends and the backs and the offensive line. Um, that's kind of a probably a little bit of a hidden um, piece that I think is important as it relates to uh, to football and in particular offensive football. I know you're a wrestling guy. I, in seventh grade, lost to a girl in wrestling, <laughs> and that sort of ended my <laughs> career. For you, what would be your it finish? Changed, it changed a lot of things about your life. It so, really did. Oh, yeah. it really yeah. did. I'm sure that's, that did not happen to you. It sounded like you were more successful as an athlete. Um, what was your finishing move? How do you drop someone out of the competition? How do you end it? I love the, I love the straight face you kept for the last minute after dropping that on us. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, um, I'm kind of like in shock right now. But, um, no, like <laughs> – <laughs> I would say my best I, – I, I like this low single leg takedown. And Ooh, okay. I'm a big wrestling fan. Came uh, last night from the NCAA Wrestling Championships in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I uh, was able to watch Penn State win another national championship there with Kale Sanderson. And what a great program they have. And um, and so – but what a That's great That's a sport. legit a, fan. You got in yeah. at like 2 in the morning because you wanted to be there watching them. Yeah, got in late uh, or early, however you want to say it. But just a neat experience. It's a bu- It was a bucket list thing for myself and – was able to experience that with uh, with Terry Pagula, our owner, and mm. and uh, just a neat neat deal. And but you never lost to a girl. Not yeah, that I can't wrong say. <laughs> that's right. I think it's fine that that happened. Yeah, to I me. can't <laughs> say I I did. But there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, girl wrestlers now that are pretty tough. I'll tell you that. Uh, watching the sport and in the way it's it's uh, developed over the years, it's it's not just one, a, a male sport. It's there's some good girl wrestlers out there. The one Mark to lost to though was not very good. <laughs> no, it's no. I no. mean, it was her first time wrestling. Yeah, I'd had a few matches. You, know. <laughs> you were a couple a couple years in. Um, Greg, I, I've been waiting for you to jump in on this, but since you haven't yet, I will. Greg, your favorite player, Frank Gore. He is now matriculated up to Western New York. Matriculated. That's the second time I heard that word today. Really? Wow. Un- uncommon. Yeah. Mm, very uncommon. Uh, who who do we have to thank for that? Is it Hank Stram? Matriculate the ball down the yeah. field. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, Frank Gore, the ultimate veteran leadership addition. Wes is always saying like it's going to be his last year. It's like, oh, oh he's saying over that for six and years. And then here comes Frank Gore, still piling up four and so a I half yards it. per carry, <laughs> yeah. ten cat you you know, yards Frank, per catch. Is that like Frank Gore, Frank the Tank? <laughs> That's right. I'm not sure what that Inconvenient was, truth. Right? <laughs> Your thoughts on adding Frank Gore to the backfield? Yeah, I think it's a great addition. I really do. I mean, this is look. He's he's. X amount of years old. I don't even know how old he is at this point. I mean, maybe he's I think he passed me in the last year or two. He may, maybe he's, <laughs> yeah, he may have. Uh, maybe he's older than I am. I don't know. But at the end of the day, look, it's about production. It's about being able to go out there and and love the leadership component, as you mentioned. And I love the, that he's driven to be the best. And um, coached against him a couple times in my NFL career. But then to meet him firsthand um, over the last month here, you see why he's been successful. You see why he's been the back that he's been in, in a potential Hall of Famer. And, and I'm just excited to have LaShawn and Frank in the same backfield. And just even more so than that, to watch them to make each other better um, throughout an entire season. I know they train together sometimes in the off season, And uh, for two, look, I mean, look, what we'll do is I think we'll just pull up the uh, the bus, the senior citizen bus, up to the field <laughs> when they're done, right? <laughs> and, and just load them on there. <laughs> and then we'll bring them back for practice the next day. Perfect plan. Uh, we'll get them out of there early at like 2.30 so they can get the early bird, early bird special sure. dinner. Makes and sense. And we'll bring them in, you know. And I just think that, I mean, what better way to challenge one another with a, with mm. a guy for LaShawn that has been there and done that and, uh, and done a lot of the things that LaShawn's done at a high level. 
And uh, I just I think iron's going to sharpen iron in that situation. I thought you were going to defend him, and you're just cracking jokes on this <laughs> poor Frank. Well, I'm, I'm just saying what everyone else thinks. Right? <laughs> right. I had a question about one of the guys. You're developing one of the great underrated linebackers in the NFL. Do you see Matt Milano as a guy who has Pro Bowls in his future and maybe would have been a Pro Bowler last year yeah, if yeah. not for the injury? Yeah, I, I thought Matt had a, had a Pro Bowl caliber or worthy uh, season up until the point where he had the injury late in the year there and uh, didn't, get a, didn't get a lot of probably uh, notoriety for his, for his play this season. But um, I think he's off to a, a very good start um, just two years in, and I'm anxious to see him come back this offseason and, and attack the offseason and get off to a great start for us uh, next year. You know, th- this is a game we call uh, they say, okay? We they, wouldn't say it. They say. We, we wouldn't, wouldn't do it. This. We wouldn't do it because right. we're plugged in. We understand what you're trying to do up there in Buffalo. But they say, like a move like Frank Gore joining the Bills. Why? The Bills are not ready to compete. Why would you bring a guy in that's like a, a playoff compliment type guy to put you over the top? That's what they say. What do you say to those people that say the Bills are not close and they think they are? Well, I would say that uh, we've got a lot of work to do, and we're going to focus on continue to focus on what we do and how we do it, and and um, you know try and block all the all the noise out. I mean, we're not into the world of distractions and noise, and uh, people can say what they want, um, and we're going to continue to work hard. That's that's the way you get to where you're trying to get to. I love how your GM came out and defended Buffalo and West. I was born in Rochester. I know that part of the country, and it's just like the Bills. Maybe if you started the NFL from scratch today. There would be no team in Buffalo. We get that. But the fact that it's there and that there's – is there a chip on the shoulder sometimes to say, listen, forget about all this nonsense. We'll get the free agents we need. Buffalo is – there is pride here. It's one of the toughest places to play. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, when you're interviewing for head coaching jobs in the NFL, there's only 32 of them. And so you're looking for, you know, the, just the opportunity to get one. And I just think I'm very grateful that, it, that for me the, that opportunity came in Buffalo because that, the fit has been so right for me and my family. <clears throat> the types of people that are in Buffalo, the culture in Buffalo around the city, that's what I grew up around. That's how I was raised. And so um, I'll defend it till, till the day I die with, with and because of the people that are there. It's, it's really it's not the city. It's the people around the city. Um, you know, it's South Buffalo, it's, it's, it's West Seneca, it's all these it's towns around Buffalo, Orchard Park. I mean, and the history and the tradition of the Buffalo Bills, let's not forget what they, what they did in the early 90s for so many years. And, and I just think that people sometimes forget that. All right, it is time for the speed round. We call it the crucible. Okay. Crucible. It's yeah. going to be tough. You know, he's in like flip flops. He thinks this is going to be his. No. no. You got to matriculate. <laughs> resort casual wear. Resort yeah. casual. You have to matriculate, matriculate your way through these to survive, okay? Here we go. Ready? Hit it, Ricky. First album you bought Michael Jackson. Uh, the internet. Has it helped or hurt man more? <laughs> helped. Does life exist beyond our planet? Yes. Like it. Do you own any jean shorts? Not currently. <laughs> Are there too many superhero movies? Yes. <laughs> Who's your favorite athlete growing up? Brian Bosworth. Ooh, the Boz. The Boz. The Boz. I did a book report on the Boz in third grade. Straight up. <laughs> Gotta be. Uh, B minus. Would you let your children attend a Bill's tailgate? Yes. Good. good. Every, every area of the tailgate? No. No. <laughs> uh, you have to cook one meal to save mankind. What is it? Ice cream. <laughs> uh, one TV show you can watch with your wife and you both enjoy it. Hmm. This is tough. Everybody loves Raymond. You could say no, that. no. No. Let's go with uh, Cosby Show. All right. All right. And Michael Jackson. All right. Hard Knocks training <laughs> camp with the Buffalo Bills. Who says no? Give me. Give me the question again. Hard Knocks training camp with the Buffalo Bills. Who says Ooh. no? Who says no? Do you say you no? You on board? Skip. Beyonce, overrated, underrated, properly rated? Uh, underrated. Last big, one. Big fan. Lake Effect Snow, real or government conspiracy? Real. <laughs> there we That's go. right. That was Great it. Answer. The Crucible. You survived. You handled you it well. well. You did great. With a I plum. Need more. I need more. <laughs> Freddy, we had Freddie Kitchens. He was sweating. Yeah. Was he really? A little fl- yeah, he was struggling. Same question. A little dewy. You no, different, different questions. Different questions. Different questions. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, he did think that Madonna was underrated. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What did you say about Beyonce? Under, under, underrated. Well, we, we've yeah. learned wow. that you guys believe in the divas out there. Yeah. yeah. You All and right. Freddie. Madonna. 
Sean McDermott. Thank you, guys. I am a yeah. Jets fan, and I we have a kinship with the Bills. We want to take the AFC East over. One of us has to do it. That's it. <laughs> you so, are us. Because if you it's have not going to be part of my this, Jets, yeah. it's got to be the Bills. So good luck to you. Yeah, thank this you. Year we appreciate it. Great to be with you guys. All right, All right. Sean Thanks, McDermott. And out goes Sean McDermott. He was delightful as well. Look at these coaches. So likable. We're total like like that. We just fall for anyone that we meet. Like that. Like any like girl that gives us just like a little bit yeah. of attention. We're just like, oh, she's hot. I think it helps us that we're not like. <laughs> I don't know. Let's take that out of the show. No, no. That's staying in. I'm kidding. It's the end of Greg's career. It helps that we're not asking like hard hitting journo questions. We're just you know trying to get along. Just like the uh, like the bores at NFL Network. It's it's got to be you know a grind to be a head coach and just face the same questions day after day. So we try to we try to mix it up with these guys. But he he's a guy that's easy to root for, and I liked his answer about you know how he kind of reps Buffalo and Western New York. It just seems like a good fit between city team and head coach, which I is think what you want. Right, and the Bills for a long time had the issue where the general manager and the coach were not brought in together and the relationship was fraught. We heard stuff that wasn't even reported about past clashes. And these two really like each other and get along, and they have the support of ownership. So there's a patience there that in other cities might not exist. I mean, I, he went to a wrestling match with the owner. So good sign. That's mm. a good sign that everybody's sign. in a good place. Uh, all right. Good talk, guys. We will be back on Wednesday. And we will have more uh, action from here at the owners' meetings for you. Uh, we don't want to tease it out just yet. I'll be surprised who's going to be on Why the show. Why not? we got a big-time head coach coming. Do you want to drop it? A little Matt LaFleur action. we got the new head coach of the Green Bay <laughs> Packers coming up on Wednesday. So make sure you check that out, and maybe we'll have some more special guests. So uh, thank you to everyone for listening, and uh, now it is time, and thank you to Ian Rappaport, thank you to Freddie Kitchens, of course, Sean McDermott. Now it is time to get to the pool, you know? Mm, please. Yeah, get some rays. Mark, I want you in a Speedo in about 20 minutes. That's the only swimwear that I own or wear, to everyone's <laughs> delight. All right, that's it. This is Dan Hansa signing off <laughs> from Phoenix at the Biltmore for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood, killing it. Sitting crisscross applesauce style on the floor. That's what they say now. On the floor. Till Wednesday. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.